0: Good morning, welcome to the Dissident Daughters podcast. I am Ada and I am here today with a very special guest. Yeah. So I'm going to introduce my, we we did an episode last week with my daughter and uh, now we are going to do an episode with my son. So welcome, son. We're gonna he's gonna go by Adam because he's mm-hmm. the firstborn mm-hmm. son. Mm-hmm. So he is mm-hmm. my oldest. He's the one that made me a mom. I'm really grateful for him. He was an unexpected surprise.
1: I was a failure of the <laughs> education system as far as birth control goes. <laughs> thank you I poorly did, education yes uh,
0: i did not know how birth control worked and hence now we I'm have here. this child here uh he is an adult child
1: this podcast brought to you by plan b no
0: <laughs> okay so he is uh do you want me to say a little bit about you sure, just yeah. he's 23 mm-hmm. uh he's currently living in my basement <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is correct uh,
0: really short, short term uh, He's been in the military since high school Right out of high school, mm-hmm. joined the military He's done a lot with that um, I'll let you introduce yourself Here he is, Adam You tell us what you want us to know
1: about okay. you um, I'm 23 I live in my mom's basement <laughs> Like the majority of young adults um, uh, Yeah, I went in the military in 2017 uh, I deployed once I don't know what else to say. You kind of...
0: I mean, I I think the military was a really good choice for
1: you. Yeah, I think so too.
0: But also it had to be your choice because it. Had, if it had been my idea, you never would have done it.
1: Oh no, I would have been a librarian or something. Whatever the polar opposite of that would have been, I would have done it. Uh, what,
0: actually, what made you want to join the military? Did, did a recruiter just like come to your high school one day?
1: No, uh, actually I think... Honestly, the thing that made me want to enlist was Airsoft was spending so much oh. time with veterans and spending so much time because most people, when they picture Airsoft, they picture a bunch of like 12 year olds in their backyard, just planking each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, our local Airsoft scene was much more involved and much more the term mil sim. It's like military simulation. Mm-hmm. So we had chains of command and stuff like that. But the, environment well, the was... owner
0: of the airsoft company is a vet, as well as uh-huh. um, some of the Employees, managers and stuff yep, there,
1: and the people running the games. So, and so, but how
0: did you even get into airsoft?
1: By plinking in my backyard as oh, a twelve-year-old. So... Okay, and then
0: um... you know what's really funny? I don't know if I've told you this, but mm-hmm. when you were just the tiniest baby, I don't okay. know, or maybe even before you were born, I had really strong anti-gun feelings. Yeah, and. <laughs> I remember saying, I will never buy my kid a play gun to play with. Um, never. Mm-hmm. And he will not, you know, he just won't, that won't be a thing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like play guns because yeah. then that turns into real mm-hmm. guns. And like, if you knew my kid, you would be laughing so hard right now because yeah. he is obsessed <laughs> with guns. I'm like, a- that's literally your favorite thing in the whole world. Do it- not deny it.
1: I would I would say yes. It probably is one of my favorite things in the whole world. Um, <laughs> however, I wouldn't say like gun people. Like in any any person that can be um, reduced to a one word person is so <laughs> uninteresting.
0: Yes, that's uh,
1: true. I do like guns. It's not a huge part of my personality. I don't think, but it is a very big hobby of mine.
0: Yeah, like, it's from from a pretty young age you got really interested in guns and started like literally researching every single thing you could get your hands on and you you Mm -hmm. knew things about guns that i had never heard of Mm -hmm. i mean of course I've, i've never studied guns but like you could just like rattle off information about every type of gun mm-hmm. every you know the history of every gun like how it's used where it's used how much it costs how it's made like mm-hmm. literally everything
1: that is adhd ah. um, it's a hyper so ah. i can go from like And that's the problem, is I don't control what I hyperfixate on. Mm. I have no say. It's just like, this gives me dopamine? Okay, here we go. (laughs) And it could be stupid stuff. I'll spend days obsessing over something random. Sometimes it's over, like, a specific car. I'm not a car guy. I don't know anything about cars. But I'll spend three days looking at Subarus on YouTube for... No reason. And then I'll drop them, and I'll forget everything that I learned. But, um, yeah, guns were one that stuck for a long time. Yeah, I I think it started with airsoft, moved into, like, just being around veterans and being in that type of environment. I got instilled with, like, this warrior spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. is what they'd call it. This, like, this, one, conflict started to excite me, not just, like, a literal, uh, like, Firearm involved conflict, but like, like conflict with another person. I learned to be really competitive from that. Mm. Like, I I just got really, really competitive from that. And then.
0: And competitive in a way where, like, you really liked to argue, mm -hmm. like, a point and, like, and, like, be right about stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and, and you wanted to win.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what it was, is I love to win. Yeah. That's, and I don't know if Airsoft gave me that, like, I love to win. But it was the first time maybe that I realized that I love to win. Mm-hmm. Where, like, it it was just, like, it clicked in my brain, mm-hmm. uh, teamwork and, and winning. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I have really good intuition. I have really good ability to be like okay this is what we need to do given the situation to win I just feel like that clicked in my brain yeah I probably could have done well in team sports if
0: I think you could have done well in debate
1: maybe but like like I said I don't pick what I hyper fixate on so like I if if I'm not hyper fixating on it I just have zero interest in even trying I just don't care at all I can't I can't get myself to go to new restaurants I can't really get myself to try new things that I don't randomly hyperfixate on because they're just so uninteresting to me
0: interesting um I think I knew like <clears throat> from a pretty young age that that we were a lot alike mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hopefully that doesn't offend you
1: no <laughs> but <doesn't>. like
0: <clears throat> I really I mean from a young age I was really I felt really strongly about uh social justice issues or mm-hmm. uh I don't know like I was very I was very argumentative mm-hmm. I wanted to be right I mm-hmm. wanted to learn about a topic and then argue it like mm-hmm. I loved debate I, yeah. I did debate in high school and I actually wanted to be a lawyer because mm-hmm. I wanted to like fight for the things that I really cared deeply about yeah uh-huh. and uh, but like when you were a kid like we would argue a uh-huh. lot <clears throat> yeah and like, I was never going to convince you, and you Mm -hmm. were never going to convince me, Mm -hmm. and I came up with this... uh,
1: (laughs) I know what's happening.
0: I came up with this thing that I would say, (laughs) where I would just, in an argument, I would just say, I'm sure you're
1: right. Oh, dude. I'm like having a guttural reaction to it now. (laughs) She would say, I'm sure you're right, and I knew... That she didn't think I was right. (laughs) And so I would just reiterate my points louder and continue to yell. And she would just keep saying it. Yeah. That really was the ultimate stump.
0: Yeah. He has PTSD from me saying that. (laughs)
1: From just that.
0: From just that. So even hearing it, he started like...
1: (laughs) As as soon as I figured out where the conversation was going, I was like, oh no.
0: Okay, so let's go back and just, I want you to, because I mean, I guess this podcast, we're talking about Mm -hmm. kind of our Mormon stories, our Mm -hmm. Mormon upbringing, how Mm -hmm. we um, were taught and what we were indoctrinated with, and then kind of maybe how our shelves got filled with Mm -hmm. issues and how we deconstructed all of that and and whatever. So let's kind of go back to maybe, I don't know, what Mm -hmm. things do you want to talk about?
1: I think people who were born in it, you know, typically have a pretty strong testimony growing up. I don't know if that's true, but I, maybe I felt like it was supposed to be true growing Mm. up. Like I was supposed to have this really strong, but I remember, uh, when I turned eight and I was supposed to be baptized, you were like, so do you want to be baptized? And I was like, yeah, like I'm, I just know that's what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, but like Mm. it didn't. I wasn't... But thinking, I did ask you. <laughs> you did You did ask me, like, do you <laughs> want to be baptized? Hmm. But it's... The dilemma wasn't, oh, well, I don't like the church. I, that, the, those weren't my thoughts. It was more like, yeah, I don't know. I'll go get in a bathtub, I guess. I I mean, don't
0: know. did did you kind of think about, well, I mean, clearly this is what my parents want me to do. Oh,
1: yeah. No, it was very That's obvious. That's what's socially acceptable. Yeah, All uh-huh. my friends
0: are getting baptized. Yeah. That uh-huh. kind of thing, right? Yeah.
1: But it wasn't like I was excited. I didn't really care. I was just like, yeah, yeah okay. Whatever, and no
0: kid even really knows what that means. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. they have no idea what they're <clears throat> covenanting to, right? Yeah. Like, it's, mm-hmm.
1: okay. So I remember that being probably like my earliest church doubting memory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, another big one was, oh man, like third or fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I was friends with a kid named Tyler and a kid named Cody And I remember one day Cody said, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I have never, ever heard someone say that. Mm. That's like, that's the Lord's name in vain. (laughs) I can't believe that. Do you
0: remember if you reacted to him at the time? I just
1: kind of stared at him and was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I'm super uncomfortable. Mm. And I went home and I told you and I was like, Cody said, OMG. Like. (laughs) He said that, and you were like, well, I just, you know, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but I remember you being like, well, I'm just not really comfortable with you hanging out with Cody anymore. Like, I don't want you to be friends with him anymore. And in my brain that, you know, was just like a little kid, the next day at school, I was like, hey, Cody, I can't, my mom doesn't want me hanging out with you anymore because you said OMG. And he was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I think he was upset, but definitely like played it off.
0: Isn't um, that so cringy? Oh yeah. Oh my god.
1: Kinda, yeah. But, um, worse for you. I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I should have known better, um, but I didn't.
1: Yeah, and then, like, through that whole interaction, I was like, like, this, that whole thing felt wrong. That whole, all of that felt wrong. Another thing that probably played into it was the internet and my introduction to porn. Um, Mm -hmm. Because very shortly after that, like, I had never heard of of that or really knew what it was. Um, Uh,
0: Pornography? Pornography. You hadn't heard that word or...
1: No, I didn't know what, like, masturbation was or anything like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Those were things that, like, Cody brought up. Ah. That, that, like... Okay. um, And I think part of it was that I wasn't allowed to hang out with him, but I still did sometimes. Mm. Um. And he would say things, and I'm like, what is that? But, um... (laughs) That's funny. So... I definitely, like, learned the websites from him and Tyler. Oh, Um, nice. Great. And then, uh, like, I learned (laughs) what it was. I still didn't... I thought I knew what it was. I still didn't totally get it, but uh, I had an idea. And we had already had, like, the talk. So I knew what sex was.
0: So you were, like, you were really (laughs) curious from a pretty young age, and you would ask really funny interesting questions Mm -hmm. and so i i want to say you were still probably eight or maybe nine when we (laughs) i didn't know what the hell to do yeah and of course dad wasn't gonna just like initiate a conversation Mm -hmm. so i bought a book
1: Mm
0: -hmm. and (laughs) we we had you come in our room and sit with us Mm -hmm. and like read this book and it was like you know, this little cartoon. And dad was laughing the whole time. Animated. Yeah, yeah. dad felt so awkward. <laughs> uh, and in this book, there was a page mm-hmm. that was dedicated to talking about masturbation. Mm-hmm. And I purposefully skipped that page.
1: Yep. I didn't notice at the time.
0: You didn't? No. Mm-mm. I, I like, I had read the book before and I'm like, uh-huh. he's we're not reading that page, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I skipped that page. But I did give you the book. Yep. And mm-hmm. said, you know, you can read it on your own again if yep. you want to, yada mm-hmm. yada, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: And I did. I did read that page. And I didn't, it still didn't click on my head what that was. Like, I did not. Because <laughs> you
0: were probably eight or nine. Yeah, I
1: yeah. did not connect what that page was about with really? what Cody was saying. They, really? They did okay. not connect. I did That's not funny. figure that out until much later. But, like... I mean, this is awkward. I did not understand. Cody would make references to, like, lotion, and I was like, I don't get it. What? Wow, he
0: was so young.
1: Yeah. I don't I don't know how he knew, but wow. I did not understand what that meant. And I was like, oh. yeah. Like, I didn't want to say anything and be like, feel stupid, but I, right. on the inside, I was like... Because you're supposed to
0: pretend like yeah. everybody oh yeah. that. Yeah, yeah,
1: lotion. What do you... Makes your hands soft. What, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, I was just... I didn't know. And so... I got my first computer around like fourth grade, whatever, had internet on it, um, had like a external wireless card, uh, that dad could control. Basically yeah. that's just what allows it to connect to the internet, but it was like parent focused so that anything I did was, you know, you guys knew about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, part of it was the book and part of it was like influence from friends who weren't LDS and... You know, I started figuring out that I could use the internet to learn about stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I was Googling stuff, just like stupid stuff. Like, I didn't know what to look up. It's not like I was looking up some explicit...
0: Right. Oh, okay. Okay. I have like just this little story and uh-huh. I don't remember if you remember this, but uh-huh. this is, this is something I remember. Mm-hmm. So we were over at your grandma's house. Mm-hmm. You I know, know exactly, exactly what I'm talking about. What talking about. Yeah, okay. On the TV. Yes. So mm-hmm. we were over at grandma's house and mm-hmm. she's watching some show and I have no idea what it was, but, um, two girls started making out, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. hmm
0: And I was just like, I was, I don't know. I was freaked out. Mm-hmm. At that time, I just thought that was the worst thing yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. right? And I saw your face, it was a split second. I mm-hmm. looked at your face,
1: yeah,
0: and the look, your eyes were like wider than I had never seen. That. You had never seen or even considered that that was even a possibility, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. so then we go home. And I'm pretty sure in your search history, it's it said, like, you looked up <clears throat> girls kissing.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, okay. Girls kissing girls. I mean, it there was, like, a whole rabbit hole to it where I was like, what the <laughs> heck is going on? And, like, I was like, are, are guys doing this? Guys are doing this, too. <laughs> like, I was so... Like, I could not... And I was mad
0: at Grandma. I yeah. was mm-hmm. pissed off at Grandma. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Yeah, and like um, the things I was googling were like terms from that book you gave me. It's oh, not like I wasn't yeah. looking up vagina or right. like I wasn't. I looked up vulva, ah. and I was like frustrated because it was coming up with diagrams because I was looking up yeah that, and I was like, no, what does it look like? <laughs> like, what the hell is this thing? Like, oh my god, um, so funny. and it it wasn't even it wasn't even I wasn't looking it up. From, like, a sexual gratification standpoint. I was yeah. looking it up, like, what are what these this? things? Like, like you wanted to know yeah, about Yeah, I was it. just going down this rabbit hole of, like,
0: <laughs>
1: human anatomy, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And girls kissing girls, because that's apparently a thing.
0: Yeah. Did that, like, give you little butterflies? Like, you liked it um, when you saw the girls kissing girls the first time? Maybe a little bit, but it was you more like... like
1: oh. It more was just, like, I don't know. It was just something I'd never seen before. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't like a, it's, it's still, none of it was a sexual like, oh, I'm into this. It was more mm. just like, oh, this is weird. Like, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah. Um, but it was exciting. It was like, oh my God, I'm like yeah. figuring all this stuff out. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't really figuring anything out. I was just like looking at diagrams and I was like, this doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, and then it was either the next day or the day after that you were like, hey, I just want to look on your computer. Like, um, (laughs) this thing's telling me that you're Googling a lot of stuff outside of your, like, allotted internet time. Mm -hmm. And I remember you looked it up, and, like, you were horrified. You, like, immediately screamed and cried. (sighs) Um, And I was like, oh, dude. Like, that, that... Curiosity and excitement part of me was like oh I've done something so horrible like I really I felt so horrible and I remember like You like covered your mouth and looked at me and I was like I don't know what's wrong I don't understand and then you left right like you just didn't explain (sighs) anything and just left And so I was like like I've never ever made my mom do that like I yeah I know that we fight and I know that like I won't do my chore or like I've seen you upset at Small things, but I had never seen a reaction like this before. Yeah I like didn't know what to do. I was like, "Well, I'm like, I don't know. I just internalized it really, really hard." And I remember hiding under the bed and just like laying there and just being mm. like, "I'm just gonna hide here until you know, whatever." And then you ended up coming and finding me, and um, we talked about my my aunt's ex husband. I think they were still currently married at the time. I don't know.
0: Maybe yeah. But
1: um, but you explained that he was abusive and basically said that it was because of pornography that Mm -hmm. he was extremely abusive, that he couldn't control himself and that he ruined his life because of this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And
0: there were multiple people within my family who, yeah.
1: Who who let porn like consume them. And so I then associate like those feelings or that curiosity with like That's where, like, the shame started, right? Mm -hmm. And, but, I mean, if you've ever looked into why it is so addictive, a lot of it is because of that shame and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: it's not even an actual addiction.
1: Yeah, and so, obviously, I was still curious, and I knew the websites to go to. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I didn't go to them then, to be honest. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. But uh, eventually, I started learning how to do it and, and, like, what it was for. Um, how to do what? How to go to the website. Like, what oh. what the point was. I, like, started to oh, okay. get what the point of these websites were. Okay. Um,
0: but you weren't even, at that point, you hadn't seen something pornographic like people having sex on the internet. No, no. And I had so much fear mm-hmm. around pornography. Mm-hmm. It was deeply ingrained in me from the mm-hmm. time I was a child. Yeah. When I was very young, I mm-hmm. saw a magazine once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it had been... Like, I was hiking through the mountains with mm-hmm. one of my friends. Yeah. And we came upon it. It had just mm-hmm. been dropped, you know. And I was so freaked out about it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I I remember feeling like, you know, Satan put this here. And mm-hmm. Satan yeah. is trying to get me. And yeah. I, I was legitimately scared. Like, yeah. of my mm-hmm. physical safety, kind yeah. of. It was this uh-huh. weird feeling. And then... I I just grew up being told horror stories.
1: Yeah. About Mm
0: -hmm. everyone and anyone that had anything to do with porn. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it was one of my biggest fears Mm -hmm. that you would discover pornography Mm -hmm. and that your life would be over. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I literally believed that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's
1: so ugh. And like Having hindsight, I know that, like, oh, okay. Obviously, I was a teen, you know, I was a boy growing up. I was entering puberty. Obviously, those feelings, the, like, you're you're just horny. You're a mm-hmm. teenage boy, mm-hmm. you know. But I was thinking that those were things that were wrong with me. I thought that those feelings were, like, that nobody else got those. That, like, it was specifically something was wrong with me. Oh, my you God. Know? And especially, like, any time I got caught... Or, like, that you knew that I, like, that just reinforced that Mm -hmm. I was, you know, something was wrong with me. Um,
0: That makes me sad.
1: Which, in turn, made it worse. It made Mm -hmm. it more tempting, more more likely that I would want to watch porn. And then I remember, this had to have been late into high school, after I had already, well, I guess I'm skipping ahead a bit. But I I remember reading a study done by BYU students Mm. explaining that, Porn has no addictive qualities. It's the shame associated with it. And I really? Was
0: like, that was put out by BYU, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: And I was like, that's interesting. And, you know, I read the whole study and, like, I didn't go deep into it, I guess, like, f- beyond the study, what, mm-hmm. what the little article said. But, yeah, and I guess I just decided that I would stop being embarrassed by it mm-hmm. and that, like, oh, I'm not going to let it ruin my life because... They say that this is the aspect that ruins your life. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to, you know, all things in moderation. And yeah. I'm going to just do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and from then on, I've never, ever felt like I had to or needed to watch porn. Like, oh it's gosh. just like, it l- really was that it's big of like a 180. A it was just like flipping of a switch. Oh, okay. It's not addictive. My yeah. mom was wrong. Yeah. You know, I still had those. I, I've never, and even to this day, I still have those thoughts of like, or those feelings of, oh man, if I think a sexual thought or if I share a sexual thought with someone, like, who's who I'm able to share it with, like mm-hmm. a partner or something, I still feel that, like, part that that's wrong, you mm-hmm. know? So, a lot of times through, like, just relationships with people, I wasn't yeah. able to share.
0: Yeah.
1: Because I thought it was wrong. I yeah. wasn't... I thought it was wrong to, like, have a sexual thought about someone even if I was in a sexual relationship with them, I still was like, those are wrong thoughts. Like you can't have those thoughts about someone. You're supposed to respect them and this Mm. and that. And like, that was like a huge conflict in my mind all through just being intimate with early girlfriends and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that the Mormon culture and um, the Mormon church and, and maybe other churches as well who are really like, who just have negative reflections on on a very natural part of,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, being a human. Um, yeah. I mean, I just think that that's something that probably a lot of guys go through. Probably women as well. I mean, I'm okay. sure that, that I, I just can't speak for that experience, but yeah. I'm sure that a lot of guys are feel really conflicted between like, oh man, but I feel these feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel horny or I feel sexually attracted to something. I feel like I want to look at. These mm-hmm. things, I, you know, and not understanding that, like, that's a normal part of just being a human. Like, you're, congrats, you're a human being.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, because immediately you, uh, that's, and that's what the church teaches us, is there's something really wrong with that. It's, it's mm-hmm. dirty. It's gross. It's, it's, um, Satan. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, the spirit is leaving you. You're having unrighteous thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, and it makes it extremely difficult because in the church, and you haven't experienced this exactly, but mm-hmm. I did, was that you know, sex is uh, ne- the the sin next to murder. Yeah. like that's mm-hmm. what I was taught. And and then suddenly, the day you get married, you're supposed to do it a lot. Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. supposed to enjoy it. Yeah, and that's a complete mind fuck. I'm sorry, oh, yeah. but there is no mm-hmm. there is no gradual. You know, mm-hmm. getting to that place. There is no healthy thoughts in your head about sex other than like you know you're gonna do it to make babies after you get married. Uh-huh. But right now, if you do it, you you might as well just kill somebody. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's almost as bad. Yeah, like so. Yeah, that is that is such a. <clears throat> deeply ingrained thought and idea and and I I want to ask you Mm because because you were the first in our family to leave the church Uh and you kind of figured it out first and I've told Mm -hmm. you since then that like you were the smart one Mm -hmm. uh because that's correct yeah (laughs) I'm sure you're right
1: Mm -hmm. yeah you are right (laughs) that's correct
0: so, because I wanted to ask you, I don't know, I know that at the time that you were kind of going through what I now call a faith crisis, mm-hmm. uh, you weren't sharing a lot with me. No. You were just simply, like, fighting me on going to church. You were just mm-hmm. like, I don't want to go. And I want to say that it was right around the time that you became a deacon and or a teacher and mm-hmm. priest. Like, you were in Young Men's. Yep. Can you kind of talk about that?
1: a lot of why i left had to do with friends at school because okay. i the, the the reason i remember what happened with my friend cody in elementary school mm-hmm. so well is because i used it as an example of what i never want to do again mm. i didn't want to make some i felt so bad about how i perceived how i made cody cody might not even care I, like yeah. he might not have even Davis-ship but
0: you recognized that that, that, was, that was just not okay. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. And so in junior high, I was living like this double life, L- mm. legitimately, right? I had this, my Mormon friends and I had my non Mormon friends, and mm. I was terrified of them meeting. I was terrified <laughs> because I thought that I had to have this, like, I wanted to be portrayed as a Mormon to my Mormon friends, mm. and I wanted to be portrayed as a non-Mormon to my non-Mormon. Like, I wanted mm. to be able to get along and mix mix these two ideas. Or not mix them, keep them very separate, but but I wanted to have both.
0: But you wanted to be both.
1: <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the problem was, eventually I realized that I hated my Mormon friends. <laughs> they were the worst. <laughs> in
0: <laughs> what ways?
1: In, in the ways that I was never good enough. Mm. I was always like...
0: You felt like they were judging you? Oh, yeah, the
1: whole time. I, you know, oh, you didn't go to Young Men's yesterday? Hmm, Okay. Like it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that blatant, but it was. There was always this constant pressure to, like, I was constantly being out Mormoned. Someone Mm. was always more righteous. Someone was always uh, a better Mormon than me. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this just sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, and I remember there was a girl who I thought was really cute, but I distinctly remember her being like, "Your parents let you have Wi-Fi." That is literally how the devil gets in your home, Ooh. and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, so she was she was the worst. She was incredibly judgmental. She was the worst one. Uh, the rest were okay, I guess, but she definitely was the worst. And obviously, I don't hold that against them. They were just doing what I'm guessing their parents and Ward mm-hmm. have taught them. Mm-hmm. So I get it now. But
0: so, but you started to see that. The kids who were Mormon were super judgy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And they uh, didn't want you to be friends with or be kind to the people who were not.
0: Yeah. And they were unkind to people who were not. So they looked down Fair. on everyone else. Mm-hmm. They were this elite group of mm-hmm. individuals who always made you feel like you weren't measuring up.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And you recognized that. Like there, yeah. was a, there was a distinct difference between Mormon kids and non-Mormon kids. Yes.
1: Non-Mormon kids were way cooler to hang out with. Because yeah. I could,
0: way more accepting.
1: Oh yeah, they way, were just like, yeah, whatever. You know, I never felt. I mean, there were times where I felt judged. I can't say I never did, but it had nothing to do with how righteous I was. It right. was always like just normal clicky high school stuff, you right. know. And so, I really wanted to not go to school with any of the kids I went, went to, to school, church with. With went to church with went mm-hmm. to school with. I didn't. I just wanted a clean slate, mm-hmm. you know. And that's why I wanted to go to a charter school instead yeah. of a regular a charter high school. High school. Uh-huh, charter so high you school. went
0: to regular junior high, <clears> and <throat> uh-huh. then when it was time to go to high school, mm-hmm. you decided you wanted to go.
1: Yeah, I really wanted a just a good start over, like a refresh. Because but one of your <clears throat>
0: friends was going to that yes. school. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh-huh. And him and I are still really good friends to this day. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm glad that he came. I feel me.
0: like you two kind <clears throat> of left the church together. Maybe yeah. to him mm-hmm. a little bit ahead of you. Yeah. That's and great. I felt like. <laughs> Sorry, but I hated him because I thought he was pulling you out of the church.
1: Yeah, he probably did. He was a bad um, influence. <laughs> he, he was very good at questioning the church and made me question the church. Oh,
0: and I should also say he was in our ward. So yeah, you guys he, were in Young Men's together. Uh-huh.
1: We were going yeah. to church together and then we were going to school together. We were hanging out like we were mm-hmm. best friends. Yeah. He questioned the church on a more logical standpoint and really got me thinking about like church history Oh, he did? Did he
0: study stuff?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like um, the CES letters, he introduced them to me. And like, uh, he started being like, why are they taking tithing? Like what really, like they're building these crazy extravagant temples, but like, Hmm. you know, there are way bigger issues if they really care. You know, so he started bringing up issues like that, but he didn't care about the social or the cultural negative side effects of Mormonism. Hmm. And that's where, that's what really got me was regardless of the gospel, because I didn't really look into it. I just kind of listened to what Landon said and then thought about it. The cultural side of things was when...
0: Like the shame, the judgment, the, shame, the, the judgment, expectations about the, stuff.
1: The exclusion of people mm. who, to me, had always been more kind and more accepting than them. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: the the social aspect of it really pushed me further than anything that I'd found at that time. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, and that's when I started to, uh, I couldn't talk to you about any of this. Yeah. There's no way. Obviously, that would be shut down immediately. And eventually, I got the courage to be like, I don't know if I believe in this. And it was pretty much fighting every Sunday since Mm -hmm. then. Like, it was, you know, and more than just Sunday, it was constant.
0: Yeah, but Sunday was always the day that Mm -hmm. it was like just a fight to get you out of bed. Mm Mm-hmm. And we weren't really having a lot of conversations about how you were genuinely feeling about the church. I yep. wasn't, I, I didn't care.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I was literally just like digging my heels in.
1: Yep. I know.
0: And saying, you will be this and you mm-hmm. will do this. Yep. And it's like I tightened my grip. Yep. That much more because Mm -hmm. I felt you pulling away and slipping away. And Mm -hmm. I'm like thinking to myself, he's making (laughs) bad choices. He's taking dark paths Mm -hmm. and this is going to ruin his life. And I genuinely did because obviously, because I, I loved you. I Mm -hmm. wanted the best for you. And I thought Mm -hmm. that what I was doing Was the best thing for you. You know, it's like, okay, maybe he hates this now, but he'll later he'll see that this, that I was doing what was best for him, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And which is funny because (laughs) your digging heels in, tightening your grip was probably the strongest driving force for you to leave. For me to leave. And I was like,
0: it made it that much worse.
1: Yeah, Yeah. right. And on top of that, it like definitely made me feel like a disappointment and like Mm. just like, the same way my, f- my f- Mormon friends at school were making me feel was worse at home, but especially yeah. because this was like my family. So yeah. it wasn't just that I could just go hang out with my non-Mormon friends at school when I was upset because of how they made me feel. It was like, well, I live here. I'm stuck here. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was always difficult. And then I went to this new school, and I was like, okay, I can like identify as a non-Mormon just through and through 100%. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was nice. Like, that's when I started to, like, really let how I wanted to live my life through. And mm-hmm. I didn't have to, like, feel like I was like, oh, man, what if I say a swear word to one of my Mormon friends here? You know? Yeah.
0: You weren't, like, looking over your shoulder, wondering who was watching or who yeah, was judging.
1: finally relax for a second. And
0: I think somewhere in there, and I don't <laughs> remember exactly when this happened, but there was a point where I finally recognized at least i took a step forward in thinking okay i'm ruining my relationship with my kid mm-hmm. and he's going to resent me and hate me forever mm-hmm. so i'm just going to allow him to make this choice to not be involved in the church mm-hmm. and i'm not going to fight with him anymore mm-hmm. like this is yeah. this this fight is pointless and it's just killing our relationship now that was i think a, a positive step
1: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: But I still, in my little stupid Mormon way, Mm -hmm. feel like I made sure to let you know that I was still disappointed.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I knew that. And because the control never stopped. We stopped fighting so much about church, Mm -hmm. but the control specifically never stopped. That, like, the grip was still tightened. The heels were still dug in. I was still very much held to an extreme standard. Yeah. Um, even if we didn't talk about the church anymore. And so the fighting was still there. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, I just didn't want to be controlled. Yeah, right. Totally. Uh, and I am, I do remember, I don't know, being glad that we stopped fighting by the church. I was like, yeah, it's, I was pretty set on not like having a relationship with you up until then because it yeah. was always fighting. Yeah. And I was glad that you came to the conclusion that you'd rather have a relationship with me than have me in the church. Yeah. Because. Okay. You couldn't have both. And you were never going to have me in the church. So yeah. you had to, you for us to ever have had a relationship, you had to come to, to that conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, uh, high school. And during that whole mm-hmm.
0: time, I was still, I was going to church. I was taking your three younger sisters, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe your third sister wasn't born yet, but the two sisters. Mm-hmm. And I was going to church, and I was seeing all the other families with... The kids that were your age, Mm
1: -hmm. being
0: at church with their kids, your age, Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, preparing for missions, yada, Mm -hmm. yada, right? And I literally, I think I spent every single Sunday crying. Yeah. Like crying because I, my family didn't look the way it was supposed to look. Mm -hmm. I had failed. Mm -hmm. I didn't teach you well enough. I didn't give you enough to have a testimony of your own. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I wanted so bad to just like pour my testimony out to you and have it just mm-hmm. fall on you or go inside mm-hmm. of you somehow, yeah. because I thought, well, my testimony is strong enough that I can get both of us, yeah, you know, there, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. And I, I legitimately, because I'm sorry, but parents are ingrained. It's like, if your kids are failures, I'm putting that in air quotes, Mm -hmm. then you are too. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. if your kids stray away from the church, you have failed. Yep. Your Mm -hmm. eternal family is now broken. Yeah. So, I felt that so deeply. Yeah. And yet, there was still this part of me that, like, just loved you like crazy, mm-hmm. and I yeah. really did want to have a relationship. And yeah. I think that I was, I don't know if, like, nuanced is the right word. I think mm-hmm. I was nuanced enough to know that, like, I could still, you could still be happy Yeah. Uh, outside of the church, but I thought that, like, I you still needed to have a relationship with God. Do you remember me saying that? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I still wanted you to have a relationship with God because I mm-hmm. still had a picture in my mind of what life is supposed to look like. And you're still supposed to Mm -hmm. have a connection to God in order to have a happy life. So it was like, I was taking small steps Mm -hmm. towards being more progressive, more nuanced, whatever, but it took a long time. Yeah. I mean, and and it was painful for both of us.
1: I think if, I honestly think if dad had been more involved, like had, had tightened his grip and dug his heels in the way you did, I probably wouldn't have left the church. Really? I was much more willing to fight you than fight dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Dad didn't want to get involved as much, and Mm -hmm. also he didn't have the convictions I had about the church, Mm -hmm. right? Which
1: is good, because... Yeah. But yeah, I also think, I don't know, maybe part of that was that, like, I don't know, they really emphasize the father is the leader of the household, so a lot of that Mm -hmm. translated to, like, I don't have to listen to mom. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. Like, I I
1: don't have to listen to you. Yeah. Um, But I was terrified of dad. Oh, dad's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, sometimes, (laughs) obviously I would still misbehave, but I was much more afraid of what dad would do or dad's response than yours.
0: Right. And you and dad weren't having conflicts like you and I were. No, no. And you weren't talking to your dad the way you were talking to me.
1: No, no, I couldn't (laughs) imagine. uh,
0: Sometimes I thought, you know, people would say, you know, I would just, I would say to dad, I would be like. You know, he doesn't talk to you the way he talks mm-hmm. to me. He talks yeah. to me so hurtful and yeah. so mean. Oh, I was, yeah. And and I just couldn't understand, you know, why that was. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I understand more now. But, yeah, keep going.
1: Well, I think it, it was partially that, but it was mostly that dad wasn't trying to control me the way you were. Right? Yeah. Like... Uh, you got lashed out at so hard because you were the driving force in trying yeah. to control me. Dad was not, not so much. Yeah. Because he didn't have to be. Yeah.
0: I think if I hadn't been doing it, he might have done it more. Mm-hmm. But it was like, well, she's got it covered. Yeah.
1: <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the on my 18th birthday, I went through Quit Mormon to get a free representative. On to, your 18th on birthday? On my 18th birthday. That was my gift to myself. I wow. went through quit Mormon to get one of those free representatives to, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, there's pull just, my records. It's an attorney there that mm-hmm. does it for free, and yep. he takes care of the letter to the church. Yeah, made sure
1: I, I like, I, I did not want to be contacted. I did mm-hmm. not want, and it worked. Nobody reached out to me. Nobody said anything. No, that's not true. A while later, it was a long, long because I guess our ward boundaries changed again, yeah. And I got a call from the bishop, being like, "Hey, I just noticed that you're not." in our records anymore with your family. And I was like, yeah, that's correct. Don't contact me. Yeah. Other than that, I've never been contacted by the church um, after that.
0: And I did not know that you had done that. Mm -hmm. Um, It was probably at least a year, Mm -hmm. maybe two years after that. Yeah. That I happened to notice that when I went into my... I don't know, LDS tools app or whatever, Mm -hmm. and like looked up on the directory Mm -hmm. that my family only listed me and your dad and mm-hmm. and my three daughters and i was like and at first i thought well maybe that's just because he's you know uh, he's deployed in the military or he mm-hmm. like maybe his records have been moved or maybe maybe he's uh, just because he's an mm-hmm. adult maybe they don't maybe they don't show adult, adult children on yeah. your list mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. i kind of like started going through these thoughts in my head and i was like huh i wonder why his name's not there you yeah. know
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then i think i came and asked you and you like called
1: me while i, was I cal- deployed it was while you were yeah.
0: deployed mm-hmm and i was like did you have your records removed and you were like yep when i was 18 <laughs> yeah. and i was like holy shit yeah. and i think i was see at that time i was starting i was mm-hmm. definitely on the road
1: to yeah. my faith crisis see i wasn't around so i don't i didn't get to see it yeah. i i got phone calls every once in a while yeah and there would be updates so i don't know i don't know what it looked like for you yeah but, uh, at that point you and i had kind of not started to build a relationship, but more we're just like okay, we can exist in this family yeah. together. Yeah, um, Mormon and non-Mormon, and then our relationship really started to form. I think the the biggest stepping stone was when you called and apologized for all of it. You called and were upset because Dad didn't have a testimony, and you were doubting yours, mm-hmm. and you apologized for trying to control me you apologized for the way you treated me all that stuff and I was like at this point I was over it I was I had come to the middle ground where I was like yeah whatever like yeah we just coexist this is how it works and so I didn't th- I didn't realize how big of a deal it was that you were doing that because um, it was a big deal to me yeah uh, but it just didn't really set in until after that phone call was over yeah but yeah and ever since then we've been able to, like, grow an actual relationship because I can, like, be myself around you. Because even though yeah. even though uh, we had learned to coexist as Mormon and non-Mormon, I was like, well, I'm not allowed to swear at home. Like, mm. I would tell my friends, if my friends ever came over, okay, you're not allowed to say <laughs> any of these things when you come really? over. Because, yeah, because oh, my mom man. won't let you come over ever again. Like, <laughs> you know? Oh, man. And, uh, like, one of my friends, James, James was like, your mom is crazy. Like... <laughs> Oh yeah. Cause he knew he, he had seen us fight and he'd seen like, I would tell him what you were like. And he's like, yeah, your mom is like crazy. She needs to let go. (laughs) Like, so even James knew it. (laughs) Oh, I love James. Me too. But yeah, James was probably another big reason why I was so defiant. Cause when he started pointing it out, I was like, I shouldn't listen, huh? Like it just like further entrenched that i was not going to listen to you
0: but he's mormon too he
1: is he's an interesting one yeah he, he's he drinks and he he swears and he's he is the least judgmental kindest
0: yeah he's kind of a weird mormon not he's... not your normal mormon but no anyways.
1: he's hated in his ward he knows Yeah, it. nobody would he yeah. is hated in i his bet ward.
0: nobody would ever think that he was mormon no yeah
1: you'd know his wife was but not him he, oh yeah yeah but uh Yeah, that's why him and I were so close, was Mm because, I mean, he just didn't... Because culturally, Mm -hmm. Mormonism was so bad to me, I couldn't be friends with Mormons, not really, but James was the exception, because he was so not... Right, and because he could kind of
0: understand, like, where you came from, Mm -hmm. and what you experienced. Mm -hmm. And same with Landon, so... Uh Yeah, so it was kind of good to have those friends. Yeah. So after you resigned your membership, I mean, Mm -hmm. let's see. That was your 18th birthday. So that was right before you graduated high school, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you graduated high school, within a couple weeks, you were off to basic. Yep. Uh And uh, you did that. And -hmm. then I want to say it was probably that year when you were at basic and, and such that that dad left the church, Mm -hmm. that dad was like, I am done. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not, this is not for me. I don't have a testimony and all those things. Mm -hmm. And then, and I think, I mean, I definitely like in some ways I dug in my heels Mm -hmm. when dad did that and only, but not because I was, uh, trying to push him to, to stay in the church, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. because I was now responsible for everyone.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. Like
0: Dad wasn't gonna take me to heaven, and in the Mm -hmm. church, I mean,
1: Dad has to let you in. Yeah, Mm.
0: like I have to have a man, a a a worthy priesthood holder, Mm -hmm. in order to let me into heaven, right? Mm -hmm. And so now suddenly everything changed, and I I think because Dad and I had such a good relationship, I was able to say, well, I guess. You know, maybe I'll be fine not going to the celestial kingdom. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just do the best I can. And, you know, I want to be wherever dad is. It, yeah. it wasn't uh-huh. that I was thinking, oh, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to be with another man in heaven or something. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mm-hmm. think that way. I totally mm-hmm. thought, like, I'm still, I still believe, I'm still like working towards the highest degree of glory that I can yes. get mm-hmm. while having yeah. a non priesthood holder husband. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I, and I saw that he, was like genuinely a good person that, yeah. that he had done everything he'd done in his life to try and do his best mm-hmm all while not believing that the church yep. was even freaking true and never yeah. feeling the spirit, mm-hmm. never feeling like he got an answer to his prayers or any yep. of that shit. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of recognized that as like him being even more amazing than I thought before mm-hmm. because yeah. look at what he had done and how long he had tried, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I totally accepted that Yeah, it, it was like... I mean, how could God expect him to stay, you know, yeah. if he's uh-huh. not given him any answers? Yeah. So, but I, mm-hmm. I became more vigilant in just trying to make sure that I could keep my other kids in mm-hmm. and keep mm-hmm. myself in yep. and just extra brainwash.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just doubled down on the Kool-Aid. Just doubled down mm-hmm. on the Kool-Aid.
0: 100%. And then like, I'm just trying to like fit all the pieces of the timeline together because mm. Your sister came out as gay Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right before you deployed, like, the the next year or...
1: No, the day I was leaving.
0: Well, that was when she told you, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, 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 Yeah. sorry, sorry.
0: So she had told me a couple months before or whatever, Mm -hmm. and this was, you know, what, a year after basic or Mm -hmm. more, and then, and you were getting deployed, and Mm -hmm. it was coming down to, like, the last few days, and she, she was worried. She was a little bit scared to tell you, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, we knew that you know we were saying our goodbyes on mm-hmm. that night. We dropped you off um, yeah. for your deployment,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: she told me ahead of time. She's like, "I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Okay." And <laughs> we were all saying our goodbyes, and she told you, and and it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Like you just hugged her. Yeah. You just hugged her, and you just said, "I love you." And then when you pulled away from the hug, you said, "When I get back, we'll go pick up chicks together."
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: And it was adorable. It was perfect. Sorry, it's okay. <clears throat> <Just> that.
1: <clears throat> thats a really tough memory for
0: me. Is it? Yeah. 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 Um, sorry. It's okay. <clears throat> that was a really, really hard night. That was a hard deployment. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I had it in my head. I and it, it sounds kind of silly now, but I genuinely thought I might not ever see you again. And uh, so and I hugged you, I didn't want to let go. There was a pretty good chance you wouldn't. <laughs> and I um, I didn't want to let go of you and I, I literally just like soaked you with all of my tears all over you and I and I couldn't let go. It was that was that was really really tough. That day sucked. Yeah. Um. And I didn't make it any easier for you. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's. I kind of feel bad about that because it's <laughs> like I should have. I should have been a little bit tougher and made it easier on you, but I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> well. was rough. But after your sister came out, I think my whole world kind of came crashing down, <laughs> and everything that I had ever believed was changing and I knew things were never going to be the same.
1: Yeah.
0: From that moment on I <clears throat> knew everything was different. And so it was literally like right I mean the whole time you were gone on your deployment you were gone for a whole year. Yeah. And that was the majority of my faith crisis of yeah. everything coming crashing down. And probably I mean I don't know what do you remember about that? Like was I telling you um, what was happening? I mean, we I...
1: talk once every one or two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you'd call, and... I mean, the first conversation was the apology followed by, like, well, Dad's never had a testimony. Dad's never had... And I remember being on the phone and being like, yeah, go, Dad. <laughs> like, like <laughs> Dad left the church. Um, but I don't know. I don't remember, at least chronologically how we spoke but I just know that I would get an update every few weeks on um because every time we talked it wasn't always about the church but um yeah. I would get an update every so often about like where you were and stuff like that and we would talk a little bit I just don't remember a lot of it specifically what we said but I just know that like I, I do remember one time you called and told me that you had tried alcohol
0: oh really um
1: and I was like okay cool like Good for you. Huh. I, I don't really remember.
0: Yeah. A
1: lot of it's difficult to remember while I was on deployment. Just there was only one spot where you could talk on the phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, I don't know, they just all kind of blur together. Cause I remember the I wanted...
0: conversations where you're outside and like iguanas or something were like attacking you.
1: Yeah. The, <laughs> we were very close with the wildlife there. Um, <laughs> you got was... in a
0: fight with, was it an iguana? Um, a big fat lizard of some kind. Yeah, and you kind of like you were throwing your shoe at it because it was hissing at you oh, and coming yeah. at you.
1: Yeah, uh huh. I was, I jumped up on a table. I <laughs> yes, was so, you did. Because we're not allowed to like hurt them. You're not supposed to yeah. mess with the wildlife. But this thing was like dead set. He on. was after you. He was after my toes. Like because I was wearing open toe shoes, and they uh, they'll like bite your toes off. You I was, wearing yeah. Your flip flops. Yeah. So.
0: So yeah, I don't I don't remember a lot of that stuff too, but I do remember cuz you had your 21st birthday while you were on deployment mm-hmm, yeah. and I remember like, I had only had a drink or two before that point. Yeah, and I uh-huh. And I was really sad that I couldn't... Like, I thought it would have been so fun to take you out to a bar on your 21st birthday. Yeah. Not that you hadn't already drank in a ton.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Not a ton. Well,
0: but... but I mean, you get in the military and that's all you guys... Do. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. y- yeah. You get
0: introduced to alcohol and that's mm-hmm. how you deal with everything. And... Yeah. So I knew that and, and I was aware of that and... But anyways, I yeah. thought that would have been really fun. We missed your twenty first birthday. So your twenty yeah. second birthday, we took you out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> on my on my twenty first birthday, we snuck out, found a gas station, bought just a tiny little pack of Coors Light. Shotgunned one of them behind the gas station so no one would see. And then we walked home. And I was like, (laughs) all right, cool. I turned 21.
0: That was your initiation? Yeah. Even though Mm -hmm. you, you drank a million times before that?
1: Not that much, no. I mean, until I enlisted, I was... I don't know. I preferred weed, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But.
0: Which I also didn't know about at the time.
1: But oh, yeah.
0: You always find out things after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, from your kids. Like, oh, yeah, that time I did this, yeah, I was high.
1: Yeah, remember how I'd come home and fall asleep petting the dog? Yeah, that's a sober person doesn't do that. <laughs>
0: fall asleep on the tile floor.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, a
0: sober person doesn't do that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be on the tile or in the entryway. I have pictures the door of you, and... like, yeah, like, mm-hmm.
0: like curled up on the f- tile floor in the kitchen. Asleep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh Just yeah. Just be
0: like, wow, he's weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's all I I never thought anything of it other mm-hmm. than that. Just wow, what a weird mm-hmm. kid. He must be really tired.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean I was, but... Yeah. But yeah But I do
0: feel like there were multiple conversations and I and I still I, I think there were there's probably more conversations to come mm-hmm. where I have to work through a lot of like my guilt and shame, mm-hmm. uh, about the way I raised you. You know, mm-hmm. there were, there were quite a few times where I was like, I'm so sorry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like the way I behaved, the way I treated mm-hmm. you, the way I acted was not okay. Like the way I judged you or the, you know, just yeah. a lot of that. We've mm-hmm. had multiple conversations like that. And, um, you've always been super forgiving, which you don't have to be, um, I know. <laughs> it's not required. But, uh,
1: it's like, it's, it's what Christ would do.
0: (laughs) You're very Christ-like. I am. So, I don't know. Is there more that you want to, anything else that you want to share? Or is that, Uh,
1: I don't know. I think that's kind of it. I don't know. Um, oh, I know. I had a couple
0: questions. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. In your experience, Mm -hmm. were there other Mormon kids who were like, maybe learning history of the church or weird doctrines of the church or things about the church that they were just like putting it on their shelf and just pretending like it wasn't there or or did Um, you really talk to or have that experience i
1: didn't really have i didn't really share my leaving the church experience with anyone other than landon but he was kind of ahead of me so it wasn't like i was changing anyone's mind, you know. Right. Um, he was just like, yeah, I know.
0: Were you seeing kids in the church actually living the morals they are taught? Or did you see a very, like, split personality type of a thing where they were one way at school and a different way at church?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, there were some, like, like obviously, like, Anna was through and through. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Church, she was 100% at school, yeah. 100% but there were totally people who in like seminary or that I went to school with and church with who were flip-flopped like just yeah. like me, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I but I no one that I was ever close with, no one yeah. I was ever like right. You know.
0: Do you kind of so one thing that I say a lot is like that the church uh makes liars of us all. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is that the, the teachings of the church require us to like hide some of the true things about us or to not be fully authentic uh-huh. and especially when it comes to parent-child relationships yeah. kids I think feel way more of a need to hide things oh, until yeah no. um, mm-hmm. with their kids and and that I think is a direct result of the church yeah.
1: no you knew nothing about me like you yeah. did not know me until yeah pro- Gen like authentically probably until you left the church. Yeah, like I, you probably did not authentically get to, like, yeah. meet me, yeah, uh, until you left the church.
0: And I think, I mean, I feel the same way about like my parents. Yeah, they don't know me.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. um,
0: they can't know me. They can't mm-hmm. know who I truly am and mm-hmm. a- anything because. Th- there's just that barrier. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to get past that. And I know some people are really good at it. Some people yeah. are fine and they, mm-hmm. they can do that. But to me, that real, the, the whole church thing really feels yeah. like a barrier that keeps us from actually being real with one another, yeah. actually, um, just being authentic and telling yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. I did a, I did send the CES letters to one other kid yeah. in high school and it did make him leave the church.
0: No way. Yeah.
1: And he, I didn't know that until years later when we started hanging out again. Like I, he reached out, found out I was back home and he was like, he, he, at just at one point we were like uh, drinking together, playing games. And he was like, yeah, you know, like, just so you know, like, thank you wow. for sending me that. Like, Interesting. I read that and it was why I left the church and I was like, yeah. oh, cool.
0: I mean, I, I literally don't know anyone who could read it and stay. I, yeah, I, I don't it's know if so it's possible. damning. It's yeah.
1: like, well, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I just don't. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. Um. What are your thoughts about stuff in the in the realm of like mental health when it comes to the church and growing up in it and
1: as far as like benefiting or worsening mm-hmm. or just, I mean, when it comes to mental health, well, one, I think the church is a huge stressor. Mm-hmm. The church. Uh, as far as anxiety, they are just great at pushing anxieties that would otherwise be gone mm-hmm. um, if you weren't a, a, a true believing Mormon. Mm-hmm. I think that their solution to other problems, like depression or and maybe even anxiety, are pray about it. Like they they're just mm-hmm. not real responses. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to make any real difference.
0: Well, and it kind of makes you feel like it's your fault. You're depressed or anxious. Like, like Mm -hmm. you're not being righteous enough. You're not living worthy enough or doing enough.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think as far as if you don't fit the, what you're supposed to look like as a Mormon, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's uh, you're gay or you're trans or um, really anything that just doesn't fit the, what you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think it, add stressors and, and, um, can, can really negatively affect your mental health. Uh, Well, and they
0: have, I mean, not only that, but they have such strictly prescribed gender roles
1: that Mm -hmm. even as
0: a straight white man, Mm -hmm. you still, you know, have to like fight against, you know, what... The church taught you that exactly what you're supposed to be yeah and women mm-hmm. the same like we are only supposed to be wives and mothers like that yeah. is our goal that yeah. is mm-hmm. that is supposed to bring us all the joy and happiness in this life mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't
1: you're not living righteously something's wrong yeah. with you mm-hmm. yeah
0: and so. and you know i tend to kind of maybe harp on women's mm-hmm issues in the church more so because I am one, but I also recognize that the patriarchy hurts men just yeah. as much.
1: Well, it shapes us to be part of it, right? Yeah, it shapes totally. us to worsen it. Totally. Um, but I, one thing that I do want to bring up is kind of side note, because we had a conversation where you asked me why I didn't try and save you from the church or mm-hmm. why I didn't try to get you to leave once I knew what I knew. And I told you that it wasn't my job. Like, it mm. wasn't my responsibility, and I, if I were doing that, one, it would have absolutely created more conflict, yeah. and two, it, I would have been doing to you what you had been doing to me, right? I'd be trying mm. to force a different belief on you and stuff like that. Yeah. So I would just want to encourage people who have left the church to, I mean, just treat the people in your life that are still LDS the way you wish they treated you as a non-Mormon, yeah. Um. Just be accepting of their beliefs. Be accepting of who they are. Um. Because I think maybe you were feeling a little vengeful. Like I wish yeah. I want to get back at the church for the time that they've taken from me. And, yes. And so.
0: And also that I want to wake other people
1: up. Yeah. To mm-hmm.
0: them, the fact that they're in a yeah. cult. And that's a really hard. That's a thing that I've really struggled to fight mm-hmm. against. Yeah. For sure.
1: I just think you know it. There are a lot of attributes to the church that I like, that I am glad I took with me. And one of those is like being kind to others, right? Yeah. They they call it being Christ-like, but mm-hmm. I would just call it being kind. Just right? being
0: a good person. Yeah.
1: You know, being the kindness that you want to see in the world, being the person that you wish more people were like is yeah. the best way to start that process. So.
0: I had always thought that like you had to be, you know a Christian or a, mm-hmm. a, a believer in God to be a good person and that mm-hmm. that's where your morals came from. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, of course in the church sin is a huge thing, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And I think I've come to a place where like, there's no such thing as sin. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as, you know, like, mm-hmm. like just be a good person.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I think there is such thing as morals, but I think that every human being is just born with at least some, I don't know,
1: you believe in the innate good?
0: I, I do. I do believe in, in innate good. And I think that, you know, when people are, you know, truly grow up to be terrible humans, they're either, you know, it's they've been abused, there's mental illness, they're drug Very addicts. True. Like, there's other reasons for it. Not mm-hmm. that they didn't believe in God hard enough or yeah. that they didn't mm-hmm. repent enough or something. Does yeah. that make sense?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I mean, I think... I guess it depends. I don't know if I wouldn't say that I believe in an innate and oh my gosh, in an innate good. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't say that I believe in that necessarily. I think values have like have to be instilled in you.
0: Mm.
1: A lot of kids have to be taught to how to play with a dog, right? Like, yeah. Kid pulls on dog's tail. We, yeah. Or like even would hit the dog, and you're like, okay, you don't do that. Yeah. You have to explain that to them, because they don't know. Yeah. You know, but we would as adults would see someone hitting a dog and say, that's bad. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think values still need to be instilled in someone, mm-hmm. but I, I think that humans want to be part of their social ring. They innately were, you know, early humans, if you left your, your pack, you died, Right. So so we're
0: very tribalistic. Yeah, or, very I don't know if tri- that's the word. Is that no, the word. Yeah, that is. We're yeah.
1: very tribal. And so I think we innately want to make the tribe happy. So what yeah. the tribe decides is good is yeah. what we go for. Yeah. Um, which is something that the church preys on. is Tribalism. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's innately good because good changes where depending yeah. on where on the planet you go. Yeah. I think that's true. But I think the tribalism, like we naturally want the benefit of the tribe. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So just last question, then we'll Mm -hmm. kind of wrap up is what are your thoughts about how the dynamic of our family has changed as a whole, as a family?
1: Well, I think you leaving the church is the greatest thing that happened in the family. Like, (laughs) wow. No, it seriously is. It is the absolute greatest thing that could have happened because the youngest sister Right, or yeah. not the youngest, but uh, the sister who came out... Jezebel. Jezebel, yeah, she's yeah, the one that... Sorry. Um. sorry. <laughs> uh, she, I don't think she ever could have truly been herself. Yeah. Uh, it, with you being so devout. Um. I don't think, you know, the next youngest sister could have ever, you know, gotten tattoos or had piercings or, or, or yeah. been who she wanted to be or been able to express herself the way she wanted to. Yeah. Without um you leaving the church. I think all of us have felt more genuine. I've had a much better relationship with dad, with you. Yeah. Um I I my family used to be something that I had to warn people about before I brought mm. them over of like, hey don't swear, don't do this, you know. Yeah. My parents are a little strict, like even yeah. though it was very strict. But um and now it's turned into like something I'm really proud of like something that I like show off to other people because their families suck You're like
0: my family's cool yeah now. my family's
1: cool your sucks like <laughs> you wish you were part of this family but
0: James doesn't think I'm psycho anymore right no
1: James loves you no absolutely <laughs> right like um but
0: it's amazing what leaving a cult can do for your personality yeah, and for your mental you really health. You can
1: just bloom.
0: Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I, I really have to try not to be resentful about the 45 years I spent
1: yeah. mm-hmm. in
0: a cult and yeah. not being able to bloom. But I mean, so I almost think like for me... The contrast is so much more than for mm-hmm. any of my kids because you weren't in it as long, you mm-hmm. weren't as steeped, you weren't no. as uh, mm-hmm. orthodox. You were yeah. you were never in the point where I was yeah. to where you literally couldn't be your own self, yeah. and so the contrast is so stark yeah. uh, with me. And and I I'm not really resentful because I've had a great life. I don't yeah. really mm-hmm. have anything to complain about. But my truly my biggest. Regrets are just relationships. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. how I harmed relationships and, mm-hmm. and yours in particular yeah. because of my strict views and mm-hmm. orthodoxy in the church. Yeah. But, so I'm really grateful that we still have a whole lifetime ahead of us to mm-hmm. keep repairing and yeah. healing from... Mm-hmm. Past hurts. Yeah, I think so. And and I accept and you know like validate the pain that you felt and what I caused and yeah mm-hmm. and all of that and and you know I can't change what happened in the past yeah. but like I'm always like I know better now so yeah. I can do better now.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the youngest sibling because she gets to spend her entire child and adult life. Yeah, just non-Mormon. She's not yeah. going to have to go through any of that. She's had
0: a completely different life.
1: Yeah. Was she baptized? No, she was never
0: baptized. What I mean one day she got she got mad about something and she goes, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And I died laughing. Yeah. I thought that was the best thing I had ever heard. Like it legitimately made me happy.
1: Yeah. Well because she hears me go, Jesus Christ all the time.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's so great. Uh,
1: uh, you always tell. I him. always tell the youngest. I'm so excited for her to grow up, because uh, you're going to be the best of all of us. I was <laughs> like, we've all got stupid Mormon trauma. You're just going to be so awesome. <laughs> I think. I think she's insanely mature for how old she is because yeah. she has all adult she's siblings. Of, yeah. But yeah, I think. Yeah, I think she's going to grow up to be better than all of us. She's going to be the coolest person. I'm so excited. Uh,
0: she is. She's yeah. really cool. But I also think that. You and your two sisters that grew up in the church are really cool because of that. Like that—that yeah. that part of you is actually mm-hmm. a really amazing. I don't know. I think that makes you pretty amazing yeah. too, in a different way. Yeah. She's definitely not going to have the trauma that you yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what you've been through has made you stronger and yeah. better mm-hmm. too. So.
1: See now, I use Mormonism as like a parlor trick. Yeah. Like, I remember while on deployment, people would be like, "You're from U- you're from Utah, like, yeah, you're a Mormon." I'm like. <laughs> No, but I was, yeah. And they they'd always have questions like, "Do you really get your own planet?" Like, <laughs> and so not I'd,
0: anymore. They changed that. Doctrine. Yeah,
1: I sit down with a whiteboard and explain <laughs> all of it, and they're like, "That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard." And I'm like, "I know." There's <laughs> millions of them. Like, oh, it's so funny. Uh, but yeah, so I so use it as like a parlor trick now to just yeah. point and laugh, yeah. basically, like to people who who don't get it that Look this where is I like, came from. This is kind of like. For me, it's like making fun of myself growing up and like laughing at a a very serious thing that hurt me growing up. Yeah. But for them, it's just like, that's freaking ridiculous. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of how you get through it. mm -hmm. It's kind of how you heal from it is by being able to laugh at it a little Mm -hmm. bit, maybe make light of it a little Mm -hmm. bit. I think it's good for us to be able to do that sometimes. But I've had so much fun uh, having this conversation with you. And I think we should do it again.
1: Okay. I'm done. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you later. Bye.